Welcome to MedCast. It's John B. Narishta. So, as usual, we're going to begin with MedShook Monday. So, John B.'s going to start us off. Knock, knock. Who's there? Colin. Colin who? Colin the doctor. I'm sick. <laughs> no, she told me this joke like this morning. And then I told her that it was by far the worst one we said. It's just so bad. God. Um, so yeah, so this is going to be our second part of the Dark Side series. Um, and so last week we ta- talked about student debt and basically the astronomical amount of debt that students have and doctors have after they graduate med school, mostly because of, you know, college expensive med school itself, MCAT, and just all of that, how to pay it off. And just that side of the negatives of the medical field. Now, this week, today, we're going to be talking about malpractice and laws. Now, I'm sure in basically every job that you partake in, right, there's always a risk factor. But I feel like that is way much, that's just so much worse when you're a doctor or like in the medical field. Because if you make the slightest mistake, it could potentially like take away a life or harm someone and just, you know, have like terrible consequences. So, malpractice and laws is actually like super important. So, that's kind of what we're going to be touching on today. So, Johnny's going to start us off by explaining what it actually is and for those of you guys who don't have a clear uh definition or a clear understanding of what medical malpractice is medical malpractice occurs usually in a hospital ambience where a doctor or healthcare professional through a negligence act causes an injury or some type of damage to a patient the negligence might be the result of errors through and in diagnosis, treatments, aftercare, or even um, healthcare management. Yeah, and to talk about how severe it is, it's actually, it can be, it can go both ways. So basically an estimated 225,000 people die each year from some form of medical malpractice. However, um, it's, you don't really hear it that often that like a doctor is actually getting sued or like is actually losing their license due to medical malpractice. So in a way, yes, it is common, but it's nothing to really fret about that much. Um, But going to about um, what is medical malpractice, there's actually many different examples and forms of it. So just to list some of the most common ones, they include failure to diagnose or misdiagnose, misreading or ignoring laboratory results, unnecessary surgery, surgical errors, improper medication or dosage, poor follow-up or aftercare, premature discharge, disregarding or not taking appropriate patient history, and failure to order proper testing, failure to recognize symptoms. So all of that and, you know, many more fall under medical malpractice and a doctor could potentially get sued for it if, you know, a family wants to. Um, And, you know, just going back to how common it is, it's one of the most common sources of death in the United States. However, as I said, only about 2% of those who do suffer from medical malpractice ever file claims for compensation. And this can be due to a variety of reasons, such as they don't have the ability to afford or simply don't want to um, reach out to a lawyer or an attorney. They're simply too emotional, you know, don't have the mental capacity to actually pursue that track and like, you know, file that lawsuit. Or, you know, in some good cases that, you know, they just want to cut doctors some slack and they realize that, you know, everyone makes mistakes. Um, that one's not, that one's not too common because 
no one does that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, okay you know, if it happens, yeah, if it happens, you know, maybe. Um, but yeah, now on to kind of the doctor side of it. So we heard kind of you know, and we'll talk a little bit more. Actually, we won't really talk about it that much. How like from the patient's perspective, we're gonna go off of the doctor's perspective and what they have to do. Now, just some background information how to make sure that whatever lawsuit you're filing or whatever claim you're making is and can be classified as medical malpractice. So one of that is a violation of standard of care. Now, standard of care is a law that acknowledges that there are certain medical standards that are recognized by the profession as being acceptable medical treatment. Now, the patient, any patient, has the right to expect that healthcare professionals will deliver appropriate care that is consistent within these standards. Now, if these, if the standard of care is not met, then that's when we go to the next violation, which is negligence. Now, um, just to say that a healthcare professional violated the standard of care is simply not enough to file a medical malpractice claim. The patient must also prove that he or she sustained an injury that would not have, would not have occurred in the absence of negligence. So basically meaning that an unfavorable outcome resulted because of malpractice. Now, this is also super important, as we said, because without this, you can't really say that, you know, the doctor actually committed medical malpractice. Um, and then the last one before John B goes on to more depth is injury resulted in significant damages. Now, um, medical malpractices lawsuits are extremely expensive and they require testimony of numerous medical experts and also countless hours of deposition testimony. So for a case to actually be viable, the patient, patient must show accurate and um, accurate proof that significant damages result from an injury received due to medical negligence. Now, if these damages are way too small, then the cost of actually pursuing your case or lawsuit might be greater than the eventual recovery. So that, again, is one of the reasons why someone or a family will choose not to pursue the lawsuit. Um, and additionally, to actually pursue a medical malpractice claim, then, as I said before, the patient must show that the injury results in disability, loss of income, unusual pain, suffering, hardship, significant past and future medical bills, or, you know, in terrible cases and eventually death. Yeah, and now I'm going to continue on with the four Ds. The four Ds are in the consist of duty, dereliction or deviation damages and direct cause duty as in when the healthcare provider agrees upon to treat or provide medical aid to a patient who has requested this treatment and it's the duties it's the doctor's duty to provide care for the patient that has requested for treatment the relationship between a doctor and patient is necessary and the bonding to and like the trust where it's the doctor's duty to help and using the information and knowledge that they have learned and practiced and to apply it on the patient. Dereliction and or deviation is when once a healthcare provider agrees on to provide that medical treatment, he or she would have the duty to provide this treatment according to a medical professional standard of care. Some examples of deviations would be misdiagnosing a patient, misreading a laboratory test or report, 
recommending unnecessary surgery or prescribing improper types or incorrect amounts of medication to the patient to consume, or even using improper surgical techniques, whereas they, the surgeon would have left a surgical tool like a sponge inside uh, the patient during surgery. Third would be direct cause. Direct cause is when he or she, meaning as in the healthcare provider, would have must show that the healthcare professional's deviation directly has caused the plaintiff's um, injuries. This means that the plaintiff must show that the healthcare professional's healthcare professional's deviations, and it's not some other intervening intervening event causing the plaintiff's injuries. Lastly, for from the four Ds is damages, where a plaintiff must show that the medical professional's negligence has caused damages that can be compensated by court. Medical malpractice damages consist of any harm caused by the healthcare professional's negligence, and these include further medical treatments, hospital bills, physical therapy, and even lost wages as a result of missing work, um, according to the patient. All four of these elements must be proven to have been present based on a majority of evidence at court for malpractice to be found and located. Yeah, and I know that was just like a lot, right? But it's kind of important to know that this kind of stuff is not as common as it may seem like it is. Um, but, you know, it's still important to know what kind of goes into it. Now, in from like a um, doctor's perspective, how do you deal with this sort of thing? Suppose, you know, you are um, someone files a lawsuit against you, right? How do you deal with it? Now, I'm sure many of you know, the most common, the clear answer here is insurance. Now, medical malpractice insurance is a specialized type of professional liability insurance, which actually covers physician liability arising from any sort of disputed services that um, will cause or has caused patient's injury or death. Now, this type of insurance is almost always required in states and also is a requirement to practice in wherever one decides to practice, right? Now, this insurance can come from a variety of ways. One is, you know, your traditional insurance carrier, or it can also be from a medical risk retention group which is a mutual organization of medical professionals who are dedicated to, you know, help and provide insurance. Or in some cases, if you work in, you know, a larger medical system, then you may be self-insured. Um, now, it's also important to note that um, you should probably, and it's really useful to confer with a professional medical insurance consultant or an institutional risk manager to determine the appropriate type and amount of coverage for your particular practice situation, because it does vary based on, as I stated, state, or it can also vary based on your specialty or whatever case you're in right now. Now, the two main types of insurance are one, claims made and occurrence. Now, claims made is a more common one. However, it's kind of not you know, the best type of insurance out there because it only provides coverage if the policy is in effect both when the incident took place and when a lawsuit is filed. Now, I know it sounds like, you know, common knowledge that if a family member um, loses another family member or someone else in like the week before, right, then they'd probably file a lawsuit the week after or like a max of a month after. However, that's usually not the case. A family member will usually not file for a lawsuit until like two to three months. However, it could go up to like two years. 
So it's very rare to see, you know, your insurance lasting that long, or, you know, if you had it for a while, then it wouldn't go that long, right? So that's why this insurance type isn't really the best type to kind of engage in. Because um, obviously, as I said, they must extend for a significant period of time to actually provide adequate, adequate protection since a considerable amount of time may elapse between when an incident occurred and when a claim is made. So now to kind of prevent this, there's this something called a tail insurance. And basically it extends coverage for a set amount of time, which is five years or 10 years after your policy ends. Now this is obviously good, right? But it has to be purchased and the cost can be a one-time assessment as much as, or it can be as much as 1.5 to two times a typical annual malpractice insurance premium. And, you know, in some cases that are good, you know, your medical system, wherever you work at, may cover it for you. But so that's kind of the not so great thing about this type of insurance. But the next insurance is called occurrence insurance. And that basically covers any claim for an event that took place during the period of coverage, even if the claim itself is filed after the policy lapses. And this um, type of policy does not require tail coverage, which is, you know, the extension of your policy. Now, I know this policy sounds, you know, amazing, right? Like, why would you not go for it? However, um, it's usually significantly more expensive and it's also less frequently offered by employers. So most often you will see people having a claims made insurance or any other that like works for their employer. But, um, you know, if you're rich and go. Go for the current one because it's probably better. Um, but in general, your insurance is super important and it will basically cover a variety of things, um, such as defending and settling malpractice suits, including attorney fees, court costs, arbitration and settlement costs, medical damages, and punitive and compensatory damages. And medical practice malpractice usually does not cover liability that arises from criminal acts or sexual misconduct for you know obvious reasons. So again, it's important to know that you're always careful. Um, so yeah, so just talk to your um, attorney or not your attorney, talk to a professional who actually knows what type of insurance policy is best for you and would cover what you need to be covered for your specific case. Yeah, and now to talk more about the more emotional side of malpractice and um, laws and how everything goes as in more of the family members and patient side, because we mostly focused on what the doctor has to do. And usually after knowing that a medical malpractice has occurred, usually doctors would get the full blame from family members because it's shocking to suddenly know that someone has hurt or soon been like the cause of um, a loved one's death. And without thinking sometimes, um, a family member might react hastily and it um, doesn't end up well. There might say some things that doctors personally may not um, like, but they have to also know how to be kept professional um, because of the environment that they're in and also know how to avoid or surpass those type of situations. As in also, um, Arishta said before, where family members um, wouldn't file a claim after um, like two to three months have gone by from the actual um, event from occurring as meaning they might be really emotionally invested and they're just trying to also probably figure out if it was a 
cause of medical malpractice or it was just something that happened naturally and the patient just had a natural death or injury that something was not caused by the doctor. Yeah, and I actually have a story about this. Um, I think this was like two years ago. And we, um, one of my family members was admitted at the hospital, right? And my mom, she was just, she was so annoying. Like, it's kind of sad, but she was the worst. She was like arguing with the doctor. She was like, oh, go get a CT scan. Oh, why aren't you giving him like different medication? Why can't we go to a different room? Because we did get moved from like the ICU to like a lesser important room, I guess, in that sense. And then my mom was like, oh, why are you guys so slow? Like, you're never here. And just all of that. And family members usually tend to think that it's the doctor's fault. When in reality, it's not. Because my mom was like, go get a T- CT scan. But I'm like, 99% sure. She doesn't know what that is, right? She's literally just spitting words out there. So at one point, it's just like, like obviously, like we didn't file for medical malpractice. Because one, oh, that's actually another reason why family members will choose not to file for medical malpractice, mainly because they don't know enough, right? Like the doctor explains it to you, but at the end, the doctor, at least what we believe, knows best, right? So that's also another thing that is super, I guess, stressful and a lot of pressure on doctors because honestly, doctors can't lie to family members and get away with whatever they need to. Because as I said, my mom could know less, right? She literally knew nothing. So um, it's that easy. So that just brings us into the fact that like, you know, doctors really have to be more, not more in a sense responsible, but they just have to be more careful and the fact that they hold a lot of leverage. Yeah, and um, it's best to believe on how doctors, they've gone through years of learning knowledge from whatever their profession is and training, knowing if they're like more of like an intricate type surgery uh, where they do like robotic surgery, for example, it, they use like robot um, robots to like do very small uh, surgeries on very maybe difficult areas of the body where a human hand can't do manually. As in just one tiny mistake could probably make everything completely go wrong. But we have to know that it's not always in their best intention to harm someone unless they are abusing their uh, medical like degree and their profession. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so, you know, to recap a little bit, um, malpractice is not too common. So it's definitely not something that if you do want to go into the med field that you really have to stress about. Because as I said, only about 3% of those convicted actually ever lose their license. Um, so it happens and it obviously does harm patients at some times. But as a doctor, you are insured. And in very rare cases will you actually, you know, lose your license and your job or your ability to, to, you know, perform surgery or whatever your specialty is. And again, as I said, insurance is always basically required. So that's also another thing you probably shouldn't have to worry about. But at the end of the day, you know, doctors are someone that we trust on and you just have to be super careful because they know how hard it is. And I actually... I was telling Dombi about this earlier on like an episode of Grey's Anatomy. Referring Grey's Anatomy again, don't do that. But on an episode, I think I like one of the doctors left a towel or like some type of um, equipment inside a patient and then like stitched the patient up. And I was like, oh, go on with your day. Right. So things like that are obviously that is something 
you sadly if you ever do you cannot get out of but you know things like that is just something that you have to be more careful about and most doctors are right but it's also mistakes happen we all do things that you know we probably shouldn't aren't proud of but you know it happens and just be careful and those mistakes are eventually for us to learn from so if something as in a case of medical malpractice has occurred to you in the future or in the near future if you are already like a med student then um you won't uh, as arisha said only three percent of those convicted usually use lose their license wherein you might not lose your license on the first time but that doesn't like say it's not it doesn't make it okay that you could possibly do it again you should try with your best effort to not to like avoid uh, medical malpractice at all causes yeah exactly um, so I think that was it for our episode today. Thank you for listening in about, you know, our second episode of The Dark Side. And we'll see you guys next week for another Dark Side episode on the one and only Medfast.